Before we get started, I want to share some really exciting news with you. Registration is open right now for our next set of group coaching sessions. These sessions begin in January, and of all the things that I offer to this audience, they are the most powerful thing I have. So if there's anything you want to invest your time and money in right now for you, I highly recommend the group sessions. You can find them at www.covertnarcissism.com. These sessions, we focus on you taking back control of your own internal world, your mental and emotional health. We don't focus on whether you leave or stay because you know what? Either way, you need to be a healthier person. You need to be a more peaceful person. So this is about you taking charge of that part of your life and of who you are, putting the remote control to your happiness back in your pocket. So I really, truly hope you can join us. These are six week long sessions. We meet two hours every week on Zoom. They're small groups, only 10 people. So grab your spot now. Don't let this one get by. Again, it's www.covertnarcissism.com. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. There is life after narcissism. There is a you in there that has been buried under this thing called narcissism and especially covert narcissism. And it's truly like being buried, buried under the weight of this relationship you are in or have been in, buried under their judgment, sensitivity, blame, harshness, entitlement, buried under your own overthinking, overanalyzing, walking on eggshells, blaming yourself. But this is a new year. You hear phrases of, you know, new year, new you. But I'm going to tell you, it's not a new you. It's time to find you again. This is you. This is you that was buried underneath all of that. You're still there. And let's start this new year with a journey of finding you again. A journey of healing. Taking control back of your life and freeing your spirit. You know, a couple of days ago, I asked the Facebook group to share with me what topics they want me to talk about right here on this podcast. This podcast was created for that Facebook group. If you don't know about the Facebook group, you know, it's called Covert Narcissism Group. Find us, look us up. If you're in need of a support group, it is an amazing place to be. But I asked the question, what topics do you want covered? This is a new year. What do you want me to, you know, what questions do you need answered? And I'm planning to take those suggestions from those members and put some episodes together in the near future. I wasn't necessarily planning to start that today. But one of those questions fit in so well with the new year. And so I'm answering that one today. I'm your host, Renee Swanson, and thank you so much for joining me on the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I am so excited about the year in front of us and all the different offerings that are going to be coming our way and just so much growth that is happening within the Facebook group, within our group coaching sessions. I am thrilled with the reach of this and, and how much we can help our world. I asked, what topics do you want to hear about? And one of them was, I'd be really interested and any insights on post-traumatic growth, what life can be like when you get some distance and you reclaim your spirit. What can life be like? Absolutely amazing. I have the freedom to be me, and I realize I haven't really shared with you guys what my life is like now. I wake up every morning, and I get to decide what I'm going to do with the moments of my day. 
I don't have to weigh those decisions based on anyone else's reactions. I get to do what feels right to me. I can find new hobbies if I want to, spend time with friends and family, or spend time alone, and not worry about repercussions or consequences. I can play with the dogs without someone being jealous of the attention that I give to the dogs. I can cook what I want without worrying about making everything just right. I can read a book without being criticized. Well, what are you reading that for? The judgment is gone. I don't wake up every morning with him first thing on my mind. I don't go to bed with him as the last thing on my mind. I don't spend my entire day monitoring his moods, watching his reactions, listening to his words and tone of voice, analyzing what I said, what I should have said, and what I will say next time. You know, all of those patterns, they started to manifest in my other relationships too, and I know you understand what I'm talking about here. But now I no longer play through 50 ways to say something just to say it right, whatever right is. I don't try to find that perfect way or that perfect timing. I can just spontaneously talk. I can just be me. I can have genuine conversation without doubting myself, second-guessing everything, overthinking, overanalyzing. I can say things that I might have said better, and it's just okay. No one is judging me anymore, including myself. Stopping our self-judgment is a huge part of the healing. I've said it before, covert narcissistic abuse is so incredibly dangerous because it gets inside of you. We join the abuser in blaming ourselves, doubting ourselves, holding ourselves to ridiculous standards, beating ourselves down. I don't do this anymore. And in addition, I have not lost my ability to self-reflect and to be vulnerable. In fact, I'm more honest with myself now than I've ever been before. So what is my home environment like now? It's peaceful. My boys and I now have an eagerness to be together. Our home is filled with laughter and silliness, as well as quietness and calmness. We find lots of activities to do together, and we enjoy them. We actually are making a bucket list of all the crazy things we want to do together, like, you know, skydiving, which we got that one checked off last summer. But we also kind of do our own thing, too. It's okay. Each one of us is allowed to feel how we feel, to voice our opinions, to do kind of what we want. We have the space now to be human. It is tough to truly explain the difference of the environment within a home when you don't have now that manipulative, toxic, and narcissistic person in it. For those that are living in that environment, you just cannot imagine the difference it makes. I had no idea how big of a difference it would make for me, for us, when I finally got out of that environment. For those who have never lived in that toxic environment, you cannot possibly imagine what it's like, how bad it is. The difference is unbelievable. Part of that question, you know, asked, have I gotten some distance now? What's it like when you get some distance? And that's what I'm describing. But I will tell you, yes, I have that distance now. My divorce was final in January of 2019. It will be four years next week. I do not have contact with him. Not really. Not much at all. In fact, many days now go by that I don't even have a single thought about him at all. This was someone who for over two decades occupied so much space inside my head. And now that space is mine. 
There is a process to reclaiming your spirit. And I am absolutely reclaiming mine. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a point at which you declare, I've arrived. I did it. No, it's a journey of a lifetime. When you are with a covert narcissistic person, your spirit gets crushed. Your life energy gets sucked right out of you. You enter the relationship full of life and hope and excitement, sure. But little by little, it gets robbed from you. It fades. You get depleted. You lose your love for life. You lose your motivation for anything. And you don't even know what happened. You lose your spirit. They suck it right out of you. The emptiness that came from that marriage is absolutely the single most painful feeling that I ever experienced in the marriage. The emptiness. It's an emptiness that hurts to your very core. And I will never forget it. So do you need to reclaim your spirit? 100%. I get asked all the time, how do you do it? One step at a time. I mentioned at the beginning of this that some of the things we're buried under in that relationship with a covert narcissist is the overthinking, the overanalyzing, the self-judgment, the judgment from them, the trying to be perfect and make everything, you know, all the tap dancing and walking on eggshells and monitoring. You get buried under that. And think of it like this. It's like you're standing in a skyscraper and you've got this tall skyscraper on top of you and it collapses right on top of you. You're in a pocket. You survive the collapse, but you're in this pocket that's totally dark, filled with smoke and dust and dirt. You're coughing. You can't catch your breath, but you're alive. You're there, but you can't see. You can't see your hand in front of your face. You're just buried under all this. And little by little, you start pulling the rubble off. One piece of rubble comes off, and all of a sudden, this little, little bitty ray of sunshine comes through. Oh, there's life. Another piece of rubble gets pulled off and a breath of fresh air comes in and you can fill your lungs with air and you go, oh my gosh, I am alive. And you start pulling that rubble off one tiny piece at a time. That's what this healing journey is like. Until one day you just stand up and realize, I'm free. I'm here. I'm me. I'm not buried anymore. You can't tackle it all at once, so don't try. No one can. It's not possible and it's not safe. The rubble has to come off gradually, one piece at a time. The work can go quickly, but it is still one step at a time. What are those steps? I talk about them a lot in my podcast. Reading, researching. Like a madman, I absorbed all the information. Journaling, doing an energy burn, getting some of that fight or flight syndrome out of you. Trauma work, breaking that trauma bond. Support groups, therapists, life coaches. You know, meditation, exercise, starting really to take care of yourself again, exploring hobbies, likes, and interests, connecting with friends and family. Self care is crucial. Getting a massage, taking a walk in nature, spending time with a close friend. How about some extra sleep? Cocooning is what Debbie Mirza calls it, and I love that word. I cocooned, I wrapped up, and just, I didn't want to function. I wanted to lay in bed all day long, and I did it without feeling guilty. Now, these steps, they're whether you leave or stay. I was already doing some of this while I was in my marriage. I didn't know if I was going to leave or stay, but I knew I had to change. I, I had to change what I was doing in my life and how I was uh, functioning. I had to find me again. The focus of my work is, it's not about whether you leave or stay. 
but it is about finding more of you again. I find more of me almost every single day of my life. It goes through waves. Some days I feel huge waves of refreshing life energy filled with motivation and clarity. Other days, you know, the growth is more subtle, maybe more self-reflection and calmness. Other days might even feel like a bit of a setback, but that's okay. It does not destabilize me like it used to. I made a list one time of the things in my life that make me feel more of me, the things that make me feel more alive, the people, the places, the activities. And I made a list of the things that make me feel less of me, the things that make me feel smaller. And then I took that list and I started focusing on the things that make me more of me, the things that make me alive. And the things that are on that less of me side of the page, I started reducing the time they had in my life, the energy I committed to them. I just started removing them as much as I could. Now, another part of that question was how about exploring spirituality after the soul crush of narcissism? This journey inward that happens with the healing work and the self-reflection I'm talking about is incredibly spiritual in nature. At least it is for me. This journey of getting to know yourself, I believe it's one of the hardest, but yet it's one of the most rewarding journeys of life. It is so incredibly empowering and enriching. It's like pulling off layers. Again, the rubble. I love the rubble analogy. You're pulling off yet another piece of rubble that's been set on you, either by, you know, your parents, your childhood, your upbringing, your institutions you were involved in, schools, churches, your relationships, your marriage, your roles in life that you play. All of this is just another piece of rubble put on top of you, and you got to start pulling all that off to find who you are. I recently realized that I haven't told you much about my background, at least not the childhood part. I grew up in a world that taught me to put everyone else's needs before my own, to allow everyone else's thoughts and feelings to matter more than mine, to shut my mouth and keep the peace, that my thoughts and feelings, not only did they not matter, I was actually taught that they were evil and bad because they were human and thus of the devil. My background was very occupied by the church. Now, let me be clear here. My parents always loved my brother and me. I have never doubted their love, even to this very day. My parents are extremely compassionate people, and I cherish that relationship with them. The fog for me came from the intense connection with the church. Fog stands for fear, obligation, and guilt, three words that describe a large amount of my background. Fear, fear of dying and going to hell. That's what I learned. I was afraid of any thought that I had, anything that could be interpreted as a bad thought. Oh, I think that guy's kind of cute. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die and go to hell. Okay, any thought, the, the, whether it be, uh, you know, an anger and frustration. If I was angry and frustrated, oh no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not strong enough as a person and, and I'm going to die and go to hell. Worry that my faith wasn't strong enough and that just spirals. And the more I worried, the more I was afraid that my faith wasn't strong enough and the more I worried and it just continued on this spiral. Obligation, taking care of everyone else, helping people to feel loved and cared for, being the first to volunteer, stepping in and doing everything that needed to get done. Not only doing it, but having to do it to the absolute best. Leading a choir, playing the handbells, covering a position at the church, caring for a need and a family in need. How about guilt? 
No space to be human. I had to be far better than human. Never having a mean thought, a sexual thought, an envious thought. Well, these thoughts occurred because guess what? I am human. So when they occurred, I was overwhelmed with guilt. I was sure that God hated me and would punish me eternally. Well, this certainly led the way for me to walk right into a marriage with a narcissistic person. When you learn to dance that way, the toxic relationship feels normal and healthy. You dance around everyone else's thoughts, needs, and feelings, and so I did it in my marriage too. I learned to make myself smaller and everyone else bigger, so I did it in my marriage too. So where am I now? My divorce will be final, you know, four years, four years ago in January. The first year was rough. No idea who I was. No idea what I wanted. I couldn't think far into the future. I could barely function one day at a time. I was surviving every single day, struggling with motivation, struggling to get anything done, struggling to get out of the bed. I was exhausted. People ask me, how long does it take to heal? There's no cut and dry answer to this. There's no set formula. It isn't even really about how much time. I have heard somebody say, for however many years that you were married, wait that many months. 21 years for me, so okay, 21 months. Wait, you know, before getting into another relationship. Okay, not bad advice. But if you don't do any healing work in those months, then you won't make any progress. It's more about the effort. Effort into healing. Some people are six months out, but they're so far along on the healing journey that it's amazing. Others are three years out and they've made no progress. I get asked, were you beaten down and exhausted? People, you know, they ask me, I'm not even functioning. I can't get out of bed. Were you like that? Yes, I was there. I completely and fully understand this and it does get better. But it is one tiny step at a time, especially in the beginning. This is not a permanent place where you are right now. Don't be afraid of how you are feeling. Your feelings have been squashed for long enough. Don't do it to yourself. This space is temporary, so it's okay. If you're feeling angry, let yourself feel angry. It's not a permanent residence. Feelings are like going on a trip. You don't live there. It's just a current experience. If you're sad, let yourself be sad. If you're tired, by all means, let yourself be tired. And if you're happy, Let yourself be happy. Don't resist these feelings. Give yourself permission to feel how you feel. This is a huge, gigantic step on that healing journey. Find the things that work for you. This year, commit yourself to that healing journey. Feel what's right in your heart. The things that work for you, then do those. Put specific energy, specific effort into your healing. And if you need or want group support, we've got it. This will catapult you onto that journey of healing. My next round of group coaching begins in the middle of January 2023. It is a fantastic way to start the new year, so please don't miss this opportunity. The focus of it is to find you again. This is not a new year, new you. This is a new year, come back to you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at renee, R-E-N-E-E, at 
cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are CNG as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.